0: Love Talk Radio.
1: Thank you for listening to this sort of a show. We're not sure what we're gonna do yet. We are I'm actually gonna corner Dan probably our next show and probably do the creative process of what we want the show to be on air. I think that will give us both enough pressure to actually come up with a, a good idea because Initially, we we're floating it out. We're like, "Oh, we should do a basketball only show." And then it's like, "Well, what the, what are we going to do for the summer? We're going to cover summer league." Like neither of us have time to do that. Dan has a full time job. I have a full time job. I have a kid. You know, I'm doing stuff with BackSportsPage.com, which is where you can find this show, along with uh, another great show called Seth and Sean Sports, which is a really good show. I uh, I enjoy those two. They've been doing it for a while. They have great chemistry. They're best friends. So uh, definitely check them out on Mondays. Um, but anyway, so I'm going to be joined by Dan uh, Panici a little later and Brian Shipley a little later. Um, Brian has a really interesting theory about uh, the NBA basically turning into AAU, um, which is a good theory. I mean, Dan or uh, excuse me, Brian's been been beating that drum for a while now, and it all seemed uh, too familiar when it comes to the Kevin Durant deal. Um, you know, him signing with Gold State, obviously, uh, which a lot of people hate, and I don't really understand. I I get that you know we're uh, every player is supposed to live up to the expectations of Michael Jordan, but let's face it, it was a different era, different guys. You know that generation uh, thought a little differently than this generation does. This generation, you know, is full of people that got participation trophies and wanted to win. You know, and weren't looking for individual glory. They didn't want to be offended, but they're also looking for individual glory. So I, I don't, that's just a theory that up there. I don't know how true what's truth it is to it, but. Um, I do think that there is <clears throat> I do think that the, the the constant comparison to the old days and the Michael Jordan thing, that's just that's just lazy. That that that's just people that can't come up with anything better, I don't think. I, I think that people are afraid to evolve, they're afraid to see evolution. And and this is what the NBA is now. It's Kevin Durant joining the team that knocked him out of the playoffs, it's LeBron James getting frustrated with the organization he was drafted to and going to an actual well-run organization. Let's be honest, if LeBron didn't leave, Cleveland wouldn't have this title. I mean, LeBron left. They drafted Kyrie Irving. They drafted Tristan Thompson. They had the first and fourth pick that year. Um, They got a couple other pieces in other drafts uh, that they would eventually move for uh, players. Obviously, Andrew Wiggins for Kevin Love. That does look like a silly trade, and it will. History probably won't be that kind of that trade, but I actually think that the finals... Helped that trade a lot, uh, obviously, because Kevin Love played pretty well in the last game of the uh, NBA season, 14 rebounds, um, and, you know, was able to sort of keep Steph in front of him on the perimeter uh, and and force that kind of bad shot by Steph, which he should have just went around him, but, you know, we're splitting hairs here. (laughs) Excuse me. Anyway, um, yeah, without LeBron leaving for the four years, no way Cleveland wins this past title. So, that being said, Kevin Durant. Will this have the same kind of impact on Oklahoma City that it had on Cleveland with, with, uh, if, Durant, if Durant were to do a triumphant return? I do think there's a huge difference between Kevin Durant and LeBron's personality. LeBron doesn't seem to be nearly as sensitive as Kevin Durant. I do believe that Kevin Durant seeing his jersey getting burned could... Sparked and Kevin Durant, oh, they hate me. I'm not going back there. I mean, Kevin Durant's kind of known as being a little bit of a – I don't know if he's using the term a baby
2: is a good way to
1: say it, but he's sort of known as a guy that um, – he holds grudges. I mean, I know he went and talked to Bill Simmons because of something that he said and how he, he basically just hammered the James Harden thing. I know that that really, really frustrated uh, Kevin Durant. Um, He actually tweeted him about it to tell him basically to stop bringing it up. Um, You know, obviously, Russell Westbrook, same way. You know, he was upset with what Bill Simmons said and, um, you know, refused to go on his show or refused to really even talk to him about anything. So I I do think that in that sense that Kevin Durant, I I really think burning his jersey, for one, that's stupid. Who has time for that? Who's going to – but anyway – that, that's a whole other story. That's that's a stupid thing to get into. It's just really dumb, I think. But I think I'm seeing that. I think he's going to feel slighted. He's he's going to take that as all Oklahoma City fans, you know, are like that. And he's going to be a little more sensitive about it than LeBron was about the stuff in Cleveland. I think LeBron, on some level, actually sort of understood the reaction. Um, and I don't think he saw it at first, but then he did, and it worked out well for Cleveland. I think I think it sort of needed to happen. Now, does that help in Oklahoma City? Unlikely, because I like I said, I don't think Kevin Durant's going back there. I think he finishes his career with the Warriors. I don't think it's a bad decision by him to join the Warriors. He is chasing titles, and that's fine. And I think it's absurd to think that players before didn't do that. I uh, think Gary Payton is a great example. Somebody that chased titles. He left Seattle. He was traded from Seattle. He's traded to uh, um, I believe he was traded to the Bucks, and then you know joined the Lakers as a free agent. Blah blah blah. Uh, I do think that um, Mitch Richmond and Carl Malone both did it when they joined the Lakers and uh, that in that year, Charles Barkley did it um, when he joined Houston after leaving the, leaving the sons. Um, so out of these old timers, they claim they didn't do that stuff or, you know, their generation didn't that's That's BS. It, it, it happened. Um <clears throat> I, I think that uh, I, I think that it, it just seems to be more prominent now because of press conferences, you know, everything's. It, it's like the world seems a lot more dangerous now because of our access to information. And I wonder if that's the same thing for these players. You know, I think it's all, there's things that have always been going on that are going on now that we just now see. And I think that's a problem for a lot of people. And I think the same thing with uh, the NBA. I think that the NBA is probably the most social media-friendly sport. They don't wear helmets. You see their face. They're out there. They're right on the court. I guess when you go to an NBA game, I haven't been to one yet, but when you go to the NBA game, you're pretty close to the court. You're in you know, the, the crowd surrounding it, whether there's, you know, in any other sport, there's there's glass, there's there's a wall, there's some distance between the, the field, baseball players, you know, are just sort of little dots, you know, out there. And they're so far They're but NBA courts are so small and you're right up on them. So, uh, so I just think that there's, things that have been happening that uh, we sort of project haven't been happening for, you know, years that are happening now that we think, oh, Michael Jordan would never do this. I was like, well, that's not like Michael Jordan wouldn't have done anything, you know, given the circumstances. I mean, a lot of people do forget Michael Jordan had a serious gambling problem that he quit the sport uh, and went and tried to play baseball. Didn't really give the team any kind of heads up, um, and uh, I'm going to quote where I heard this, which I actually heard this on The Herd a few weeks ago, but I guess Tim Grover, Michael Jordan's longtime trainer in his book, said that Jordan told him a year before he actually did it to get him in baseball shape. Showed baseball shape. So Jordan knew in enough time to let the Bulls know, everybody know what his plans were. Um, and uh, he still left his team and, uh, and, and played baseball. So oh, – Kevin Durant, LeBron James, they're not the first athletes that have quote unquote screwed over their their cities and their and their organizations that that um that drafted them. But again, uh going forward with OKC though, I, I digress. I apologize. I have a tendency to do that and you know run it slow solo for a little bit. It's actually a little harder than it seems. But um uh, I will just say that I think that Oklahoma City from here I mean, really, what they should do is they should be calling Boston to get one of those coveted Brooklyn draft picks. Which actually, now the Seventy Sixers are probably not the worst team in the league, and it goes to Brooklyn. And I'm pretty sure that uh, Boston has New Jersey's, or excuse me, Brooklyn's pick unprotected for next year. Is uh, is is just a it could be that could be a number one overall pick, and it actually wouldn't surprise me if it was. And we have Brian Shipley on the line. Brian, what's up, buddy?
2: Not too much, Bell. How are you doing tonight?
1: Oh, good. I'm just rambling on my own here, uh, waiting for Dan. Dan, Dan is eating currently, so uh, he's running a little late. Um, Dan works a very word, weird shift too. I think he works like ten to like seven thirty or something at his job. So it's a that's a bizarre shift. And I don't even want to talk about your shift because I'll just get upset. Uh, <laughs> I'm extremely jealous of your <laughs> work schedule. Um, but uh, but anyway, yeah. So I sort of I was sort of trying to figure out where. Oklahoma City goes from here, and I think their first call should be, if they're going to trade Westbrook. Now, this is if that their first call should be to Boston for that uh, top overall pick that that they're going to have once Brooklyn becomes officially the worst team in the league when the season starts. Uh, what do you think they should do?
2: I would actually be more inclined to call the Lakers first, and although I'd certainly see your point, I will say that you know no matter how bad we project the Nets to be, you know there is some randomness to. The lottery and, you know, what their percentage odds could be and that first pick could easily be the sixth pick. Or it could be like what happened this year at Boston where, you know, there seemed to be these two, you know, absolute studs at the top of the draft. They end up one pick away from that. And, yeah, the third overall pick's great, but great as it looked a year before on paper or is it as good as it looked, you know, a month or two left in the season on paper. I don't know. So the reason that I would call the Lakers is I think they have, you know, some really, really tantalizing young talent. And the person that I would first ask for who I think has awful judgment when it comes to cell phone, cell phone videos, cell phone sharing, pictures, anything else. But I think D'Angelo Russell just has enormous, like, Tracy McGrady-type potential. And I think the Lakers would certainly be willing to part with them, not only because of the whole entire uh, incident last year with the the cell phone and sending out a video of his teammate admitting to cheating on his girlfriend, but also because you know him and Russell Westbrook are sort of redundant as far as you know uh, guards that look to score first. You know D'Angelo is kind of a combo guard. And that would be my first one, because I'd rather have the known commodity, the known young player, the known young potential <laughs> building block and D'Angelo Russell, than roll the dice and hope that, you know, I catch lightning in the bottle, although that has certainly worked for the Thunder in the past as far as, you know, seeing where the lottery balls lie and end up getting the, uh, you know, franchise cornerstone that they needed. But I personally would call the Lakers and ask about him, uh, ask about Brandon Ingram, ask about maybe Julius Randle, um, but my first option, I would assume they wouldn't trade Brandon Ingram, but I would assume they would be willing to deal with D'Angelo Russell, especially since they know that Westbrook is from L.A., and then you know it seems that he would be interested in signing long-term there. So that would be my first call.
1: Yeah, and I actually think that that makes a little more sense than, uh, than Boston because uh, I actually think the Lakers are stupid enough to uh, trade Extremely valuable assets for a, and you might disagree with me, but a glorified uh, ball centric score first point guard. I mean, I, I didn't want to really want to make any comparisons because I actually think he's a better player than all these guys. But in the vein of Steph Marbury or or um, Kenny Anderson or you know a, a guy that grew up watching Jordan and then tried to recreate him in the '90s, those terrible. Uh, that, that terrible time in the league, um, that post Jordan pre Lebron era, that where we saw those guys. Even though Kenny Anderson is a bad example because he played way earlier, but anyway, yeah. I, I mean, I think that I, I think that the Lakers also would be sort of silly enough because they are looking for a name as opposed to trying to fill out the roster. It seems like, um, although I do like um, I do like Mozgov, I think that that was absolutely crazy to sign him to that deal. Um, I know that they were trying to put all their chips in, in the white side basket, and that didn't work out for them, um, but whatever they were going to give white side seemed like it was going to be a tad absurd, too, but I, I'm just not a sure. I'm not exactly sure what the Lakers are doing, but I think getting somebody like Westbrook with one year left on his contract with them guarantee that he's going to resign there, um, and trading what you and I would agree are valuable assets in D'Angelo Russell and or Julius Randle. I don't think they move Brandon Ingram, but I think he's the only guy on the, t- or on the team that's not off the table for a Russ Westbrook trade. Um, But I guess in my head, I was more thinking that Sam Presti would do, you know, might, might see somebody that's coming out in the draft that he likes, because I do know that he, from what I remember was the person that talked um, the room out of drafting Brooke Lopez over Russ Westbrook in the first place. Because um, right. I, I know that that those were the two that they were going back and forth on, and I think he made the final call to draft Westbrook. And I know there's at the time there's a lot of head shaking because it was kind of like um, we don't even know what this guy is. You know, he didn't yeah, show what he showed in the league. The yeah, yeah, yeah. So, um, but anyway, yeah, yeah, I think the Lakers are probably the best option because I think they're the team most likely to be fooled by uh, by the name. But do you agree with yeah. my assessment that he's sort of in that in that vein? of uh, the Steph Marbury, Allen Iverson, ball-first point guard uh, thing, or do you think he's, he's different?
2: Well, I, I can definitely see why you would say that, and that part does drive me nuts about him sometimes. But I also think that he is just such a freaky, beaky, magnificent athlete that can just do so many amazing things on the floor that I would put him a step above those guys. But as far as, you know, especially Stefan Marbury, you always just felt like you, you you needed and wanted more out of them, but instead of being willing to take a leadership role or, uh, you know, be the quote-unquote franchise player that you wanted, it just seemed like they were more interested in getting theirs and enhancing their brand yeah. and, and just doing everything that, you know, looks good on the back of their basketball card and looks good, you know, on their business portfolio, but doesn't necessarily correlate to winning in championships. And I do see how you could see that with Russ Westbrook. But I do think you make a good point about, you know, the Lakers kind of being the ideal trade target for other teams right now because I agree with you where, you know, I think the Lakers were smart, and I know they have a, you know, a fan base and a market that thinks that, you know, it's a God-given right, sort of like the Yankees in baseball, that they should be contenders every single season and free agents should be knocking at the door to play there. They should always be good. But I think they have such a nice and exciting young core that if they just kind of stay the course and tinker a little bit here and there, you know, I think the best thing they can probably do is just stay put. Eventually, hope that you can, you know, strike gold in free agency. But the last thing I think they should be doing is trading anybody for, as as you pointed out, a guy with only one year left on his contract, maybe not an ideal fit. But at the same time, they're kind of like the person on Tinder that is just updating their profile every single day with pictures and updates, everything else, because they just reek of desperation, you know, just trying to get free and meetings, trying to throw money and whatever big name will come. And they seem to have really no interest in doing the, the long-term, uh, you know, slow rebuild with a big payoff at the end. They're kind of like the opposite of the... Uh, The Sixers under under like there's no real long term (laughs) vision. It's just what's the quickest way we can get back to relevance, and you know at the the end of Kobe's career post uh, Kobe. So I think that they can be taken advantage of in in a trade if Oklahoma City goes that route. And I told you this over text the other day. You know, to me, if I'm Presty, I'm sitting here today and I'm saying we cannot have a rerun of this July first, twenty seventeen. Either we know for certain or we're able to get Westbrook on our contract or we're trading them for the best package possible. But we're not going to sit here on July 1st, 2017, and look back and say, we just lost Kevin Durant and Russell Westbrook and got zero assets in return.
1: Right, because you don't have those the, those caliber players in the same uh, team. <clears throat> hey, uh, real quick, I'm going to digress for just a second because I just saw the Probably the most absurd thing I've ever seen on television, which is saying a lot because i watch watched a lot of television all my life. So, the NFL Top 100 thing is on right now, just sort of, no, silent, just sort of on. And I just happened to glance up and I saw that Andrew Luck is the 92nd best player in the NFL. 92nd. Well,
2: this is why I love the number. It, it epitomizes <laughs> what, one of the worst cliches in sports that oh, well, you didn't play the game, so how would you know? You didn't play the game at the highest level, so how? Who, right. why would we listen to you? What do you know? And every year the players right. prove that playing the game should never be a prerequisite <laughs> to being a general manager <laughs> or understanding players' values or anything else. Give me Theo Epstein all day over these former yeah. players that have the audacity to yeah. play Andrew Luck, the player that covers up more stench than probably any other player in the NFL in the 90s, yeah. but I I digress.
1: Yeah, no, that was my fault because I, I just glanced up and looked at it, and everything you said after I looked at it, I, all I heard was a long, like just a long buzzing in my head. I'm like, what? What did I just watch? Because like, they have Alex Smith as a better quarterback. and Alex Smith is fine, but like, I, we're not that show. Okay. Anyway, sorry. No, I just looked up and I almost, I, I almost threw up on the floor. Um, so, all right. Uh, so, yeah, your AAU theory, how the NFL is becoming an AAU, um, I liked it. I, yeah, uh, w- I wanted you to talk about it. Yeah,
2: Dan's on the line. I'm going to pass him through, but uh,
1: but go ahead, Brian.
2: So, you know, we were talking about the Kevin Durant free agency the other day, and, you know, I found really the whole thing kind of fascinating because so many players, you know, in the 70s, 80s, et cetera, worked so hard for the right for players to get unrestricted free agency sacrifice so Mm. much so the players would be able to, you know, be able to market their services to all teams and really go to the highest bidder. I thought it was kind of ironic that, you know, the biggest star, the biggest name of free agency ended up taking less money to leave his current team. But anyways, my my whole theory about why we've seen sort of a a trend in recent years where players pass up more money like LeBron did a few years back when he went to the Heat, and like Durant just did right here, like veterans do, you know, somewhat often in this time frame and leave their current team that's trying to catch a certain team and instead join forces with other star players. And I think that sometimes what gets overlooked is that these players have been doing exactly what Kevin Durant just did since they were 10, 11, 12 years old and coming all the way up through the AAU circuit. And so, to me, the cycle begins when they're young kids on AAU and they hop team to team until they're able to put together the best super team possible, and they really kind of go through pre agency at the age of 12, 13 years old and go to whatever AAU team has, A, the best fellow players that can help them win, and more importantly, help them gain notoriety and, and get in showcase events for potential college scouts to take a look at them. And two, you know, which sneaker companies dump money into certain AAU teams in order to get the best gear, you know, best exposure, et cetera, et cetera then I'd say the next part after they graduate from AAU or continue to play AAU is they go to high school. And a big story in high school, big time I'm talking big time athletics here, not, you know, your local high school basketball team, but big time recruits now it's it's a huge, huge, huge story in the high school hoops world where players are jumping from high school to high school and it's almost what some uh you know, principals and athletic directors are referring to as the free agency of high school where for example, Tyus Battle, a high-level recruit that's headed to Syracuse this year, went to three high schools in four years. Gary Payton's son, who you would think, you know, from an affluent family and a father that's been through the rigors, would probably be, you know, at some outstanding high school or, or you know, some local high school where he grew up, the best one and playing in the same spot. But that's not the, the case either, where he's been to several high schools in the last few years. And now is going to pretty much what's known as a basketball factory, where they take online classes, and you know the rest of their their day is all about getting prepared for basketball. And what they do is so they this is Oak Hill super- Academy, right? Yeah, well, no, not Oak Hill Academy. That's this is like what the Oak Hill Academy has evolved into. And there's all these pop up schools okay. all over the country now that are doing this and getting super teams with the best high school talent because it allows them to play a national schedule and go to all these different tournaments across the country. And the one that Gary Payton's son was enrolled in last year is under all sorts of scrutiny because they, NCAA came out and said that they're not going to take their accreditations. And a top ten recruit and a potential lottery pick in next year's draft by the name of Terrence Ferguson had to was unable to attend the University of Arizona to play basketball this year and is probably going to have to play somewhere overseas because this basketball factory that promised them so much put together this super team is, you know, not being seen by NCAA standards. So he's not able to play at Arizona. But, you know, I guess really the larger point I'm trying to make is that players, again, team up together, pick their pick which situation is going to give them the best chance at exposure and winning, and play with as many good players as possible. And now they do this in high school after doing an AAU and they go to college, and, and now really what do we see? Everybody wants to go to Kentucky or Duke where pretty much, you know, the players almost recruit them instead of vice versa, and why? You know, no one's it's not trendy or, or anything else to go and try to raise a program up from the ashes. It's best to go where you know you're going to have help, you're going to have other great players around you, you're going to be in a system that's proven, you know, to win at that collegiate level everything's not going to be on your shoulders. You're going to play with other great players for a chance for, you know, the best situation possible for yourself. And then eventually you get to the NBA, you get to unrestricted free agency, and I think you sort of come full circle where, you know, it's not like Patrick Ewing and the Knicks were every year, it's what can we do to beat the Bulls? It's when you get to unrestricted free agency, what team is going to have the best situation for me and give me the best chance of that quick championship? and, you know, let's try to put together a super team where if we lose, if I'm Kevin Durant, you know, I'm going to get so much blame in Oklahoma City. He's sort of like a franchise quarterback where when they win, he probably got too much credit. When they lose, he probably got too much blame. And now instead he's going to be on a super team with several other superstars. And, you know, fingers not going to be pointed at him as quickly when you have Steph Curry on your team, Draymond Green, Clay Thompson, et cetera. But I think that, for a lot of old school people, like Charles Barkleys of the world, this is crazy to them. They played at their local high school, they went to their college, and then they stayed with one team, trying to chase the Jordans of the world, trying to bring you know their program up to the top. And I think that now, for today's player, this is just status quo. This is just norm. This is what they've been doing since they were 12 years old.
1: Isn't it? All right, Dan. What's up, by the way? Hey guys, how are you? Dan. What's happening? Hey, uh, I'll let you hop in here in a second because, uh, Brian, I think you have to get going. Mm-hmm. But, uh, but Brian, uh, isn't Charles Barkley a bad example of that, though? I mean, not not because you brought him up, but more because he keeps getting – he Barkley's starting to live on Mount Pius. He's going from being funny to being crazy and annoying because didn't he leave the 76ers to go to the Sun then go to the – yeah, and then go um, to Houston after that to, to essentially chase a Try race. to win a championship. And yeah, he did the same <laughs> yeah, thing. With He's the some of all these players for it,
2: it is yeah. definitely the, the, the pot called the kettle black. You know, it's my own personal opinion. I would like to think if I was in Kevin Durant's exact situation, I would have said I've built up so many great relationships in Oklahoma City. I want to knock off Golden State off the perch. I want to win the championship here with all these players i played in the last few years et cetera, et cetera. but i think you know the old saying sometimes you got to walk a mile in someone else's shoes and kevin durant who was very critical of lebron when he decided to go to the heat back in 2010 and now forward a few years later where it doesn't feel like your career is going to go on forever and you're going to have so many bites at the apple to win the championship feel things feel a little bit differently now and uh... Who am um, I to tell him where to go or where to take his services? That's what unrestricted free agency was fought for, to give players, you know, a full choice to it. And I just think what I find most interesting about it, too, is just the confluence of events that even led to this, especially from a CBA standpoint, because if we go back four or five years ago, you know, Bill, I know, I know you and I both don't love James Harden as a player, but I think it's safe to say that Oklahoma City probably sold low on him and why they do that, because at the time, no one was going to project that in 2016 the cap was going to go up by 35%. I mean, that is just insanity. And they were worried they would be unable to pay three superstars and still be able to put a team around them, where now if they would have done that, that would be three beautiful contracts right now in Oklahoma City. But moreover, the NBA had rules in place and incentivized players to stay with their teams because they can make more money and why they do that? because they didn't want free agents to join and make super teams like the Miami Heat did. But because the cap rose so much, the NBA's, you know, the thing they were trying to bre- prevent came to fruition this year where outstanding teams like the Spurs, the Warriors, and several others were able to offer, were even able in position to offer Kevin Durant the maximum that could be offered to a free agent. I don't think anybody ever foresaw this. So, I'm sure the Thunder a few years ago were thinking, well, he's not going to leave us for the Lakers or the Knicks or other team that might be able to afford max salaries that aren't in contention right now. But because of the rise in the TV money, you know, I think it really sort of turned the tables and gave an opportunity for Kevin Durant to leave without having to go d- take a step down, I guess, as far as being ready to compete for a championship. He's actually able to take a step up which I think I'm sure is surprising to everybody in Oklahoma City if you were talking a few years back.
1: Great point. Um, All right, Brian, thanks for coming on. I appreciate it, man, and uh, we'll talk to you soon, I'm sure.
2: Sounds good. Thanks, boys.
1: All right, thanks, buddy. All right, Dan, what's happening? Sorry about that. (laughs) I, uh, oh, yeah, um, B- Brian. Brian uh, brought up a great point about the AAU circuit and how mm-hmm. the NBA is essentially turning into that. And I, I told him I wanted him to elaborate because you, I thought it was know, a great point.
0: And I, I see where he's getting at with that. Um, <clears throat> now, first, I, I should probably um, give my opinion on what Kevin Kevin Durant did. And I thought, yeah. And I never, I never agree with Stephen A. Smith. But I thought he summed it up the best when he said that was the weakest move that he's ever seen any superstar do. Because to be honest with you, um, just going into next year without any free agent signings or anything, I thought Oklahoma City, with Kevin Durant coming back, had a really good shot at coming back and beating Golden State and getting to the finals by themselves. Um, I mean, you could really argue that he, you know, had, he had another top, you know, seven player in the league with Russell Westbrook um, on his team. He had a really good team around him. he It's not like he was leaving a bare cupboard. Like, it wasn't like they weren't supporting him. Um, right. It just, and it's not
1: like LeBron because like, LeBron was, didn't have anybody. Right.
0: And looking back on it, um, thinking about what LeBron did, um, and I – I'm kind of baffled looking back on it that they never surrounded him with anything. If you look when he left, the second best player on the team was Mo Williams, who now is our backup yeah. guard. But I mean, other than that, it was Zinjunas Vilgosis, Sasha, Sasha Pavlic. I mean, he wasn't surrounded with uh, anybody, and I and I, and back to I can't them? understand.
1: I mean, I'm Carlos like, Boozer is probably the best player he played. With any point and in only his first, you know, his first handful of, uh, his first goal with Cleveland. Seven seasons. And he was only there for yeah. a year. Right. And then he,
0: and maybe the all time dumbest move by a GM, um, Jim Paxton let him out of his contract because he said he would resign him. And then he turned around and signed with the, I believe, Utah Jazz.
1: Yeah. Yeah, family. yeah. That's exactly what happened. Um, so yeah, absolutely, I I couldn't agree more. So, uh, but uh, Durant's camp leaked that there was problems with him and Westbrook. Uh, once once Durant started getting some heat, you see that they that they leaked that, and I probably they yeah. probably had that in their back pocket. And I think that's been a kind of a very loud rumor for a little while mm-hmm. now that they don't get along on the court that well. Like, and I heard an interesting
0: stat today. now
1: for I that. The, go ahead, sorry.
0: Uh, for that reason, if he didn't get along with um Russell Westbrook and he did not feel that the two could play together and I, I heard those rumors too that apparently they felt that Westbrook was too ball dominant, um Grant wanted the ball passed around more and he yeah. wanted, you know, a different offense. Um he uh I mean I could understand that. You know, and and it sounds like they're either going to start shopping Russell Westbrook um, because it doesn't sound like, I believe it was David Aldrich reported he won't extend his contract and basically he's gone after next year.
1: Yeah. So and Brian that, and I actually talked about that understand. when we started. Yeah. Brian and I talked about that when we started and uh, I just want to let you know what he floated out there, which is I thought that their first call should be to the to the Celtics.
2: To get one of the, to get
1: that Brooklyn pick along with uh, maybe Isaiah Thomas and somebody else, but what Brian suggested mm-hmm. is actually I think a better idea would we'll call Mark. the Lakers and try to get try to get yeah yeah try, but call the Lakers and get DeAngelo Russell and, and or uh, Joseph Randall. um I think everybody mm-hmm. on the table for the Lakers is available with the exception of um, Brandon Ingram, but I I, mm-hmm. I think they're also the only team I can think of that's kind of dumb enough to trade young pieces for a uh, essentially a name and a and a ball centric point guard, you know, in the same ilk as uh Stefan Marbury or, you know, Allen Iverson or Steve Francis. And I, right. I also think he's the best player out of all of them. Um mm-hmm. I, and I don't think it's close, but I guess what I more mean by comparing them is that if you look at their games, they're all kind of similar, you know? And mm-hmm. I, I think that I think that Lakers uh, and sort of piggybacking up what Brian said, I definitely think the Lakers are going to be, are going to be the team most likely to want to get a big name and make a big splash. Like, Hey, everybody, look, who's on the front of our tickets now. Um, whereas mm-hmm. the Celtics seem to be a little better at sort of restraining themselves. And I think the age is a lot smarter than Jim Buss or Mitch Kupchak. And I actually think Mitch Kupchak mm-hmm. isn't the problem with that organization if uh you know digress really quick i don't think that Mitch Kupchak mm-hmm. is the problem with the organization i think it's uh dr buss's son jim buss i think he's absolutely terrible at his job and uh with any luck he they suck again and he steps down and the lakers are good again cuz i've actually always liked when the lakers are good um i i enjoy right. that i enjoy that i enjoyed that franchise when jerry buss was running it i think i was an absolute genius and 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 just an architect of a lot a lot of great teams and and got the most out of a lot of players. So, anyway, mm-hmm. but uh but yeah, I mean, wh- what do you think? Where do you think uh where do you think Oklahoma City would have the best chance of rebuilding if they were to move on from uh, Westbrook?
0: You know, I honestly think I, I would prefer a deal with Boston where if, yeah. you, sent, if you sent him to Boston, and you got back um, uh you know, I feel like they've got a few more pieces that they could give uh Marcus Smart um, what what do we talk about? I mean, the, the, the Brooklyn pick
1: is going to be a really early pick. I mean, Brooklyn, I think now is the worst team in the league. Um, mm-hmm. I think that, uh, yeah, I think they're the worst team in the league now. I think they took that crown from the 76ers after, uh, mm-hmm. after you know, they signed the Sixers uh, drafted uh, Ben Simmons and, uh, you know, mm-hmm. I guess Julie Oka along with Jimmy Butler are still on the table for trades, uh, is what I read earlier. Um, but, uh, but yeah, I, I I I do think that that pick could be a possible first or second overall pick, and I think that's a huge asset to that. have if they want to get an established star as opposed to, you know, drafting somebody that they're, you know, not exactly sure on. Sure, sure, sure.
0: Yeah, it, Oklahoma City is in a really tough spot because I feel like their opportunity – again, like I said, before any free agent moves, before Kevin Durant left, I really thought that they would overtake Golden State next year. I really did. Yeah. Uh, I mean, obviously, they had them on the ropes. Um, They were up uh, 3-1. And, I mean, they were, you know, they were, what, within seven minutes? They had the lead, I think, in
1: Game 4? Was it Game 5? Game 5, Yeah. Yeah, because they're up. Uh, like they're a three to one. To go. Yep. And then remember they were and they I were really... sort of slapping each other up, and at the end of game five, mm-hmm. saying, "Hey, we let this one slip, but we're gonna, you know, we have game six back at home, and uh, mm-hmm. you know that's when we're gonna close them out." We realized what we did. Remember that they were like sort of de- they were sort of mm-hmm. slapping each other up, saying, "Hey," and then yeah. uh, Clay Thompson had the game of his life, and uh, and wasn't with a game seven. I think we all sort of knew that. Oh crap! Well. Okay, see so we not gonna the pass water. this round, yeah,
0: yeah, yep. My fa- my favorite meme that I've seen over the past couple of days was uh, with Steph and Ke- Kevin Brandt. and they're both saying to each other, "They're like, I'm gonna show you how to how to blow a three um, one a lead," and then the other one says, "No, I'm gonna show you how to do it." Um, yeah, I mean, <laughs> Oklahoma City. I was like, the... I believe set the record last year, didn't they, for fourth. O- Fourth quarter leads blown?
1: Yeah, they turned into did the they, Giants. Did out they of nowhere. Yeah, mm-hmm. no, they did. I don't know if it was the record, but I know they blew a lot of them. Um, or at but least they, the they definitely easy. turned into the. Yeah. Um, hey, who knows, Maybe that,
0: that is, is the, him and uh, Russell yeah. Westbrook not getting along. Because chemistry yeah. is a huge part. You can't just throw five, you know, four or five great players together. Um maybe you know, a good example is those Lakers back in oh four. When they had Shaq yep. Kobe, and they threw in Carl Malone and Gary, and Gary Payton
1: And Gary Payton and Mitch Richards.
0: Yeah. Yeah. And, you know, Carl Malone was like seventy five at the time and um Gary. Dayton Gary Payton was not much not much
1: different. Yeah. But So um, I have a yeah, I, mean, I have a quick thing. Uh, I have a quick football thing. Because I was talking to Brian earlier, and then I he was talking, and I glanced up and I looked at this top 100 players, uh, and I saw that Andrew Luck was number 92, the 92nd okay. best player in the league. I almost vomited on my phone.
2: That's uh, he's not
1: the yeah. Alex Smith was over him, and you know, you know how much I love Eli Manning, right? I mean, it's documented. You know, he's uh, but
0: you you he's know, my Lord and Savior, things like that. They do things like that
1: just to get you yes. to get people like
0: riled up and get people talking about it. That's right. But there is no just way.
1: Like, I, that's the players voting, I guess. However, this however this thing works. Um. Yeah. yeah. Anyway, I'm not sure I, what the I, Colts I are that. doing.
0: I'm not sure what the Colts are doing, but I almost feel like it's kind of the same thing. When they had Manning, and they just relied so much on Manning, and now they're doing it with Love. I'm
1: telling you. We're, they're lucky Manning away from like being the fucking Browns, dude. I just swore yeah. first first F bomb I think yeah, on the show. It, but they are. They're not that good. They're really not. It's they're they're playing a seven run game and they hit two grand slams like that and then they won by one. Like it's just right. absurd. It's absolutely absurd. Um, mm-hmm. I do like that they're showing Antonio. I just can't wait for fall season. And uh, oh, I did say this at the beginning not of the show. Not too far down the road. Yeah, I was laboring this by myself. But I think the next show we do, I think we do the uh, the the creative process, for lack of a less weird way to say it. Um, and uh, we we sort of figure out what the show is on air next time we next time we do a show, probably two weeks from today, if you're able to do it, okay. because uh, we mm-hmm. got to figure out what the hell we're doing with this thing. Because I, I like the idea of having just a basketball show, but then again, I love football too much not to talk about it. So it's kind of like maybe will right. just maybe we'll just reincarnate under the hoodies. We already have a freaking logo for, for that, so why not just do that? Right. But I'm watching this. I'm and watching just, Antonio honestly, Brown get open. It makes me miss football. I love football too much not to do a football show. Right.
0: Yeah, I, I feel like we need to definitely diversify it because,
1: I mean, there's only sure. so much
0: you could talk about. Kevin Durant going to the Golden State Warriors and your take right. on that.
1: And, to be, and, yeah, and the regular, know, nobody ed- wants to hear ed- about, regular season, ed- um, ed- yeah.
0: Nobody wants to hear about Mozgov signing with the, the Lakers and
1: and any of that. Right. Um,
0: so yeah, I definitely agree. We need to mix
1: in some football. Um,
0: every now and then, throw in some baseball, but just kind of keep it. I think we moment. do just
1: this. I think we do a sports and. And uh, I just think we just do a, a a sports and entertainment show. I think we just talk about fucking right. movies too. While we're at it, screw it. Let's swear more. Let's just well, let's talk about football. Let's talk about sure. everything, basically anything on TV. I don't watch Game of Thrones, but if I have time, I'll get caught up. But it, that just seems like a
0: dumb you thing are missing out. I hear
1: that. I hear Such that. A great you know what? Show. I I am balls deep in House of Cards right now. That's all I can really say. Having a baby really limits your op- your options because I watched. Yeah. Uh, God, I forget he did that. I forget he did the front flip. I love Antonio Brown, dude. I know you don't know because he's a stealer. I love that guy. He's the best <laughs> I receiver I've ever him. seen. I'll just say that. Outside of Randy Moss, yeah. Outside of Randy Moss, I think he might be the most open receiver I've ever seen in my life. Is mm-hmm. the dude just always open? I don't understand. I know he kicked your kick or your punter right in the face. What did you think of that, by the way? When he did that,
0: were you mad? I kind of laughed. <laughs> okay. I mean, I really didn't care. I mean, <laughs> yeah. You if you're gonna let a guy do that to you, um yeah. you probably deserve it.
2: Yeah, now, that was pretty sweet had
0: though. Had he like had he like taken him down when he tried to do that, you know, that would have been a memorable thing and Yeah. Um you know, and I think the saddest part of that was that nobody on the Browns retaliated for that. It was almost like nah. okay, let it happen. If you're playing the Giants or somebody and somebody, you know, gets in a almost like an, I don't know how to classify it, like an insult shot or like a, you know, just kind of like, they're just trying to rub your face in it. I mean, I feel like any other team would have retaliated, but the Browns are kind of like, oh, I don't care.
1: Right. He, uh, yeah, he's incredible. They're showing a Thing now where he's essentially triple teamed in zone coverage and he just beats mm-hmm. it like Antonio Brown, The dude's incredible, uh, and I love OBJ. Um, I, I, I Julio's a physical freak, but this dude is always open. It's, it's unreal how open he is all this time. Um, but anyway, mm-hmm. yeah. So we should probably do that. Let's just make it everything. And then, okay. you know, we'll we'll shut the door on NBA free agency. You know, I like the Al Horford thing, Kevin Durant going to Golden State. I don't hate, but I do think mm-hmm. it's a weak move. But I don't think it's a bad move, if that makes sense. Um, you know, I think I think, right. I well, think Indiana know, and, and got significantly thing, better.
0: Another thing, how we kind of didn't, or I mean, we touched on it, but we didn't really get into it was the chemistry. I mean, you're kind yep. of. You know, but a big part of it, you know, again, you could take a bunch of great players and throw them together, but it doesn't mean they're going to have chemistry. And a big part of why no. Golden State was as good as they were was because of that chemistry. Now, granted, yeah. of course, he's a huge upgrade over Harrison Barnes, but, you know, who knows? Yeah. Maybe, you know, there's only so many shots that can go around. And obviously, right. you look at the Cavs a couple of years ago. Um, I remember when they traded for Love and they're like, oh, well, you know, they're going to set all sorts of records, and then I'll this, set the other, and then they. It took LeBron and Kyrie a long time to get used, to, like meshing together, to get yeah. used to each other's styles. Um, and I, I hope that no, it is kind look of what Kevin Love gets. Mhm. Yeah. Yeah. So it's not as easy as it sounds, just throwing a bunch of great players together and thinking that they're going to play great. Because honestly, I think Kevin Durant walks on the court, and he's the best player on their team. All right? Yep. So, Draymond, he you know, he seems like he, he'll give up some shots. I think the big loser here is actually Klay Thompson. I think he's going to yeah. he, he's gonna miss the most opportunities out of any of them.
1: Because uh, who is the uh, – I mean, Klay Thompson would be the best player on uh, at least half the league, right? Half of the teams in the league? Right? I would say third so. Banana. Um, I would say probably –
0: Close to twenty teams, he would be the best player,
1: right? On their team, and he's yeah. I mean, he's he's incredible. I think I I I know this is unpopular. I think he's the I think he's the Warrior's second best player now that Durant's there. I think he's a better player than stuff. I. Don't I've been disagree. on that train for a while. Yeah, because he's a better defender. Player, I, I, I like yeah, and that's what I want. I don't think Rudy Gay Rudy Gay has sort of a a modified all around game, but like. But at the same time, I I I don't think that he's better than than Kobe. But at the same, but I I think that I and this is always my argument for LeBron.
0: Yeah, go ahead. He is the guy. I mean, he he could he can you know crush you with his three pointers, or he could shut down your best um, one of your best players. I mean, he's yeah. If you can't say that, I mean, he you know he's got no weak Steph, defense and. The, the one thing I'll say about Steph, he like,
1: tries, though. That's why I, I think there's definitely a distinction between him and James Harden. James Harden's just bad for, for a lot of yeah. reasons. I think Steph tries. Sure. Steph cares. Sure. And uh, I don't think, you know, he just isn't good at it because he's smaller. And Kyrie's not a big guy, but Kyrie physically just just dominated him in the finals. Like, it was, uh, you know, he couldn't stay in front of Kyrie. And Kyrie showed that he could play good defense on Steph, and Kevin Love could play good yeah. perimeter defense on Steph somehow. <laughs> Um. Yeah. But uh. But yeah. Th- that's why I actually started to love this Cavs team too, is because you, in that game seven, man, it really looked like you know they used the most cliche thing of all time. The Cavs just wanted it more. That's what it appeared to be because uh-huh. they were playing so much smarter at the end of the game, and and that's the difference between LeBron and everybody else. Like Durant got caught up in playing hero ball. Steph got caught up in playing hero ball. Derrick Rose, I <laughs> thought winning an MVP even then at the time was a joke. Let alone now, it seems like an even bigger joke. But like. <laughs> And, right. and then I heard this today, too. Like, I hear this today, too, and, and not to keep quoting Colin Cowherd because we've done that, I think, every episode. But, like, mm-hmm. isn't this just sort of adding to LeBron's legacy? I mean, isn't mm-hmm. it? I mean, this, oh, no, we got LeBron, beat by LeBron. He's he pretty much the second-best player.
0: Mm. What happened, yeah. and I think this finals, I mean, aside from when, you know, solidifying his legacy and breaking the curse and him being the one to do it because he wanted to do it, and and coming back against the team that set the record, I mean, he pretty much yeah. took that that idea, that narrative, that Steph was the best player in the world, and pretty much just threw it in the garbage. I mean, he yep. I mean, he showed that he is still the best player in the world. Um, he's the most dominant player, and yep. I mean, I just feel like I don't I can't think of a, a series that helps one player's legacy more than that and you know what's going to happen somebody else will step up whether it's Russell Westbrook cuz pretty much he's going to be the the whole offense or well you know he's going to he's going to have an mvp type season there you know they'll try to come up with somebody else and and try to overtake him and i just i just think he's still the best player in the league and I um, don't know that it wasn't.
1: I mean, I think. Yeah, actually, I mean, I, I think that. I, 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 Go ahead. It's just to me, it's a gap. It's it's just the gap has got wider between LeBron and everybody else. Thirteen years. Deep. Yeah. I've always said, and I don't. I don't think I said this last time, but I've always uh, last episode. But I've always said that there's only two things in my life that have ever exceeded the hype, and that's the Dark Knight with the Joker. And LeBron, okay. that's it. Those are the only two things in my life. I, I literally have sat and thought about this. Like, what things have I heard have been so hyped up? Before. Yes. What <laughs> two things in my life is, have, have, have exceeded hype? Have there been, like, a ton of hype around? And I went, and I've watched it, and it was like, oh, this is actually you know, better than, your own than sake, I thought. Le- LeBron? And then for your you're own on sake? Sake, I think you should throw your wife in there. You know,
0: of course, your first date. I think you should throw her in there and give her. You know, she exceeded. I don't course. like to put
1: that. I don't like to kind of put that. I don't like to put that kind of pressure on people. Oh,
0: um,
1: fair enough. No, I'm not going to lump. I'm not going to lump my wife and my baby in with childbirth or with uh, childbirth with LeBron. <laughs> well, and, you um, you get what I'm saying is obviously right. I'm using some you know, hyperbole here. Out no, well. I don't. I don't want to say that I am. Um, Ah oh, man! Mm-hmm. Now they're showing uh, Chuck Woodson uh, highlights on uh, the whatever the hell I'm watching. That dude, <laughs> probably my favorite. Uh, probably my favorite uh, athlete of all time. Um, if I if I really? go from like, I, I, I don't mean, believe that at all. Non giant athlete, maybe a non giant NFL player. Non giant, sure okay. he might be. Yeah, Yeah, non giant. Yeah, yeah. I, I think LeBronics might be your favorite non giant. I love that guy. Yeah, um, but, but. uh... Yeah, but wow. Uh, I, I got to stop watching this goddamn show. I'm getting upset. Um, so Luck, what about UFC second, this week, Manning, there's, 30, like,
0: there's like three cards in the next four days or whatever.
1: Dan, I, I really want to punch There's a fight the night tomorrow. I'm leaving. I know, I know. I'm leaving. Uh, I think Sage Ork fighting in that one too. Uh, but anyway, I'm leaving for vacation on Saturday morning. And okay. um, to go to Canada, so I'm not going to be able to freaking watch it which I'm, I'm actually right. even more devastated once they uh, announced that uh, Lesnar and Mark Hunt. We do know Mark Hunt's going to win that in, like, the first round, right? <laughs> Am I high? Right. <laughs> like that, Did Mark you do the weigh-ins, though? Gonna... Gonna... No. No, I didn't. Brock looked like he was, like, twice the size of
0: uh, right. with Mark Hunt. Right. <laughs> but you right. know the second but Mark you... Hunt hits him in the face, he's, he's going to start yeah. covering up, and then Hunt is just going to tee off on him. And then eventually I think once he hits
1: hit. yeah, I think once he hits Brock Lesnar in the face, Sable's gonna spit her teeth out. Like I think that's how hard he's gonna get hit. <laughs> yeah. I think I, I think Mark Hunt is the hardest punching human being alive right now. And uh, Right. I, I, I really and nobody I, I don't,
0: I don't yeah. think anybody in the heavyweight division takes those shots worse than Lesnar. I mean I, I think yeah. that Shane Carwin flight like five years ago. He took some good shots yeah. and he came back and won. But I mean yeah. Velasquez kind of gave the gave the blueprint <laughs> on how to beat him. You hit him in the face a few times and he just He just kinda of crumbles. And then Robert right. Overeem did the same thing and he hasn't fought since two thousand eleven.
1: Right. yeah. And then you're gonna put him in with Mark Hunt. That's crazy. Um Yeah. I think Jones Cormier, G C Jones is uh Jones is a heavy favorite. Um okay. And uh I, think he's going uh, I, I really to I think I'll do the first fight. Now, yeah, I I did too, I rewatched it on YouTube. Now um uh do you only, think that, that what what were your thoughts on the OSP Jones fights I don't know if we talked about it. I don't think we did. Um, but my thoughts yeah. were that he
0: hasn't fought in what, fourteen months?
1: Yeah, definitely knows about he's fourteen. On, he's months only yet.
0: human. And that was his warm-up fight. And I think if he fought Cormier at that time, because Cormier is a good fighter, but if he fought yeah. Cormier at that time, he would have lost. But I think John I think, Jones is a yeah. great fighter. I think he's actually, I
1: mean, if he keeps going, I think he could be the best fighter of all time. Um, Do you think, I think that's uh, sort of unfair to say about Jones? Because OSP isn't, OSP is a completely different fighter. I mean, he's a, he's a completely different fighter. Jones wasn't training for OSP. He's training for Cormier.
2: Right.
1: Uh, mm-hmm. OSP's a better athlete. I, I just don't think that he, and I think he fought within himself. I mean, that's why he doesn't knock a lot of people out. He wins a lot of fights for, via decision, because I think he sort of fights like the Floyd Mayweather style, which is like he's, he's a lot more meticulous than I think. We think, yeah. you know, him is pound for pound the best fighter, and I think he fights mm-hmm. a little bit more meticulous than I, I think we realize. And I think that he mm-hmm. maybe fought OSP probably the smartest way he could, especially on such short notice. And that uh, OSP, mm-hmm. just an absolute different angle. It was what, a two-week notice? A, I think it was less, yeah. It was something. I, yeah. I mean, we'll say two weeks, just, just so, you know. And to do that um, coming
0: off 14 months of not like Yeah. I mean that's pretty impressive. Oh,
1: that's why he's the best fighter in the in the world. I mean, I know a lot of people say like Mighty Mouse is the best fighter or, pound for pound on the planet, but it's like, shoot, the light heavyweight is I mean, is the light heavyweight division not more stacked? Isn't it tougher?
0: Well, I feel like with the light heavyweights, there hasn't been for John Jones a serious contender. And I don't know that Cormier is a serious contender to him because if you watch the first fight, it was Cormier kind of hung in there for the first round and a half or so, maybe two yeah. rounds if I remember correctly, and then he just got yeah. beat up. Like it was like it was just he was basically just a punching bag after that. Um, I think right. John Jones is just that good, and I just think, and of course, the size difference is key too. I mean, John Jones is what the biggest wingspan in the history of the UFC.
1: Canadian mean, reach. That's that's that's, that's right. an insane reach.
0: Yeah. Bigger than heavyweights. Yeah, I mean, yeah. It's just nuts.
1: Um, some other uh, fights uh, I'm looking
0: forward to. And I think maybe the two best fights we'll kind of just couple all the UFC events because I think there's there's one tomorrow. I want to say there's one Friday and then there's one Saturday. Yeah. And tomorrow, uh Rafael dos Santos Oh, no, I'm sorry. De- yeah. De- De- He's De- fighting against yeah. um, Eddie Al- Alvarez, who was the Bellator champ a couple of years ago. Um, oh, yep. Eddie Alvarez has come on strong lately, but if you've seen Rafael fight, I mean, he destroyed
1: Donald Cerrone. Like, it was embarrassing. Right. Um, and Cerrone. Right. Well, wasn't Cerrone, uh, like, fight? not really, quote Right. Wasn't Cerrone sort of like. Just one of those days where it's like oh, I didn't want to fight today. Didn't he just have just one of those bad days? Like he woke up on the wrong side of the bed. Th- Is that what Cerrone basically said? I don't like they.
0: And I think you and I, I watched I, this I, fight together. I think this was the Conor McGregor. No, wait, no, I take that back. This,
1: this was no, the fight this was this I, was one It point. was the it was the fight after that because. Everybody thought that um, Conor's next opponent was going to be Cerrone until he, he completely took a dump in that fight. And then that that mm-hmm. that hasn't been go that hasn't been talked about since um, about that being the next fight because he was calling him out even before that even before his fight yeah. and then he just got dispatched and then mm-hmm. yeah so yeah it, it was it was the it was 184 195 I forget which one but because we watched 193 together I believe what about. Um, I You know honestly I, a... I
0: don't think it was Cerrone had a bad day I think he came in expecting a, Like a competitive fight And then he just yeah. got like Blindsided by a freight train I mean right. Do, Do, Dos Anos have I'm Having a hard time Rolling off the tongue today but Dos Años yeah. is uh, I mean he's, he's an animal I mean if you've seen his last right. few fights he, de- he destroyed Anthony Pettis Who was running through everybody else before that,
1: yeah. Um,
0: and I'm I'm no, really excited right. about that fight. I'm also really excited about the Jose Aldo, um, Frankie Edgar fight. Frank Frankie I Edgar love Frankie fight. Edgar. Yeah, he's one of my leader. favorite. He's one of my yeah. favorite UFC fighters of all time, just because he's obviously he's always got a shot at winning, and I mean he's I don't know. He, he, I just like his style. I like his. It's body an thing. insane I, you know, athlete I
1: just, too. Yeah.
0: Yeah. And he was fighting at 155 when he should be where he's at at 145. And 10 pounds doesn't sound like a lot, but when you're that little and you're coming under weight, I mean, he was probably weighing yeah. in at like 1 152 and that was like not yeah. cutting a lot of weight. That, I mean, that's tough. That's a big size difference. And he was still beating guys and he was the champion for a while.
1: Right. That 155. Um, yeah. All right. Uh, sorry. I'm like, I'm, I'm zoning. Um, all right. Let's, uh, you know, what? let's put a bow on it. Cause I got to go to bed. I don't even want to talk about it. I, I hear you. Uh, yeah. I, I talk to you out there. Oh, <laughs> but, 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 uh, yeah, I'm, I'm pretty freaking tired. So, um, I, uh, let's, uh, I'll do a show. We'll do a show when I get back. Uh, cause like I said, I'll be yeah. a and I won't have my phone. So we'll do a show when we get back. I will, uh, hopefully be able to watch highlights and try to, you know, Get it as much fight talk as possible. We'll talk fight. We'll talk UFC 200. We'll talk about um, uh, Stipe is fighting. um, Alistair Overeem fighting one.
0: He should come down for that Thank you,
1: in Cleveland. When is it? It's in September, right? I want to say it's like September. It's it's mid-September. Yeah, it's like the 20th or something like that, because that's also the uh, CM Punk fight. Um, Is it? Yeah, the Punk fight is uh, is in Cleveland also. So that, that'll that be a good one. Um, yeah. And I think McGregor fights 203, if I'm not mistaken, I think him and Diaz Nadia are fighting in 203. I feel like I that's, that's in special. August. Yeah. Oh, is that? Fighting 203? Diaz. And or 202, honestly, that's 203. Yeah, 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 you're right, you're right, you're right. I think yep. that the UFC is
0: praying every single night that he beats Diaz this time. Because if he beats Diaz <laughs> and you know how they've been since GSP retired and ever and Anderson Silva's kind of declined and tested positive for yeah. steroids. They need stars to keep that afloat. Because they just haven't been the same yeah. since GSP retired. Right. Um what and uh yeah and, and they really need Connor to come out and beat Nate Diaz um and avenge last times loss to kind of get him back to being that um that marquee draw cuz if he loses right. again he's
1: pretty much he's toast. Yep. Uh yeah, yeah, that's uh, that's going to suck. That's going to suck if he loses again. He did get bigger, he has more yeah. time, he wants 170. He looks like he's put the weight yeah. on. He looks really he looks big. Um yeah. Because for whatever reason, and I know you're not going to believe this, but uh, for whatever reason, uh, I don't know. Oh, it was on Instagram. That's what I saw. of McGregor, the body issue or whatever he is, being trots out every year, which gets annoying. Yeah. But uh, he yeah. popped up on that. I didn't even know he was in it. But then I was like, he looks way bigger. Like, he looks way thicker. I don't know if his frame is, you know, equipped to support that kind of weight, but. Uh, mm mm-hmm. But he does look like he's gotten a lot bigger, so I'd be curious to know yeah. how long he's been at 170.
0: Yeah. Um, I mean, and and that's – I mean, he's what, 5'9", 5'10"? 170 really yeah. isn't I mean, I mean in, in fight, it, you know, in mixed martial arts, yeah. it's different because they they yeah. cut so much weight. But, yeah, I mean, yeah. I could see – I don't buy this stuff that he's on performance enhancing drugs and, and all this other stuff to get bigger. And I think there's just just crap floated around in the media. Yeah, I think he's. Oh, uh, and I and uh, I should mention because my favorite yes. fighter is fighting at the end of the month. Robbie Lawler, the welterweight champion. He's fighting Tyrone yep. Woodley. He. Is oh, nice. My favorite fighter right now. Um, every one of his fights is just epic. Um, you know, he's always, he's got those heavy hands. He's just every fight is just dramatic and he's fighting all the top competition. And, and he, and he honestly, I mean, he was a a talented fighter coming up, but he's
1: kind of all put
0: it together later on in, in his career.
1: Yeah. And he's a bad dude. There's a lot of people that think he might be pound, pound the best fighter. Um, uh, he just needs to get a goes. few more wins under his belt. The way Wade agrees to, uh, reportedly agreed to sign with the Bulls. Um, no, nothing's come out with, according to Adrian. Yep, it's according to Adrian Wodzianowski. And if he says and it, then he's like it's the source. Yeah, he's the yeah. smartest guy. Other than maybe um, uh, Tom Verducci. Mm-hmm. Tom Verducci and Adrian, yeah. Adrian Wojnarowski are the two smartest people in sports, in my opinion. And uh but, said Or at done, least the uh, most
0: well connected and uh you know and uh most likely I
1: mean I'm as far as journalists goes that I'll listen to, I guess. It's I don't know why you're smarter yeah. than like a, a sweeping generalization, but I I think there's I think he's they're the two. I mean I like Schefter. Yeah. Um Schefter's getting crazy on Schefter TV. Is kind of <laughs> every time I see him.
0: Yeah. Because I feel like
1: um but Schefter it, kind of yeah, tries yeah. to become part of the story.
0: That's what right. annoys me
1: about him. Right, right. So anyway, yeah. dude, I gotta let you go. Um, but, uh, but yeah, we'll we'll do a show in a couple of weeks. I'm sure I'll text you, you know, between now and then. Um, now before I go on Saturday, and uh, yeah, man, um, I'm so pissed. I gotta see the fights. I had a whole thing planned too. I didn't even realize. I thought my vacation was the week after. So I had like a whole thing, yeah. like where I was having, uh, I was gonna have a bunch of people over. You know, I had a party yeah. thing set up, and then like two months ago, I realized I'm like, ah, shit. It's, it's that yeah. week. I was that was devastating. Yeah. Crushed. So um mm. yeah. But anyway. Um all right man, good show, good talking to you, and uh we'll do it again in a couple weeks and I think we got what the show is, which is basically we're gonna we're gonna do topics on whatever we want to talk, talk about to anything know. and everything.
0: Yeah, and catch up on some game of thrones before next time.
1: I I'm I'm we'll to go I'm not again. gonna have that kind of time. <laughs> yeah, I'm not gonna have that kind of time. Um but yeah. uh alright buddy, I'll talk to you. You are again. missing out. All right, man. Yes, I know. All right, later.